Welcome to the Business Intuition Podcast, the place where you can learn to trust your intuition to make business decisions without having to meditate for hours, wear crystals, or give up on coffee or wine. You don't have to leave your IQ at the door. Embrace intuitive intelligence to create a business that lights you up and finally experience the success that you deserve. Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode for um, the Intuitive Revolution podcast for 2022. And today is a Q&A um, podcast episode and I'm going to answer the question of what is the impact of trauma and abuse on intuition and business and prosperity? So this is a question that was asked to me from me on several occasions by different people uh, during my five-day signature challenge on how to trust your intuition. And although I have answered this question in the past briefly, I really felt that today I wanted to go deep into the subject um, because I have a lot of personal experience to share. I had an aha moment over um, the Christmas period and just before um, I dig into my personal experience, I want to say that this is obviously a very personal and vulnerable episode, but I don't need your pity, okay? I'm not a victim, and I feel that pity carries with it an energy of judgment, superior superiority, oh, I can't even say the word, and victim energy. You know, it's like that poor thing or poor whoever. I really don't need this energy. I, I, I welcome any feelings of compassion, uh, of love, of support. Um, but I'm not lesser for what I've been through. And I want you to understand if you've been through something similar than um, to me, um, this can often carry a lot of energy of shame and, and, and we don't need anyone's pity. We are... Um, we are dealing with feelings that are hard enough as themselves not to have to carry other people's judgment of us, okay? So I know I've chosen every single experience I've had in my life and that I'm about to share. Part of me doesn't understand why I've chosen it. Um, but over the years, I've come to understand through my spiritual journey and through the exploration of... Um, spiritual truths, especially the law of attraction. That's one that that's one that really, really stands out for me. That this was my choice, and um, <clears throat> I know that uh, there has been an immense growth as part of it, but also immense compassion. So um, it has certainly made me a better person. So I had an aha moment over the Christmas period that I went and I shared this on my on my profile on Facebook where I am the most active. This is the social media platform where I am um, the most visible. I had an aha moment that I went from um, being raised by a narcissistic mother to having my first boss being a narcissist as well. But then I moved on to marrying a narcissist. 
And sadly, uh, even though I left him in 2001, um, a year later, I fell into the arms of another narcissist, uh, my second husband, who I am in the process of separating from at the moment. And this was a very sobering moment when I realized this, because there was almost no space between me going from one uh, a relationship to one narcissist to another. I, there was a lot of shame on my part as well, because I realized that I had done over 10 years of therapy. I was actually, I went to therapy for the first time uh, when I was nine years old which is, you know, it's a long time. I'm 56 today. Uh, I then went back when, in my teens. Um, and then I went back just before I had children when my mar I married my first husband because I wanted to make sure that I would, um, the line of abuse would stop with me. Um, sadly, this hasn't happened. And I'm not going to go into the detail of my private life. Um, but I also had a big aha moment when I looked at this pattern uh, because I, I was I was wondering what was wrong with me. And, you know, I did 10 years of therapy, 25 to 30 years of self-development. I did the most uh, intense healing work on myself. I looked at every aspect of who I am, of my thoughts, patterns, of my vibration. I looked into the law of attraction, as I mentioned earlier. And I, it's almost like I felt there was something wrong with me, that I was jinxed, that anything that works for other people didn't work for me. But what I realized um, this uh, over the Christmas period is that none of the work that I had done was trauma-informed. That means that all the people I'd worked with had no idea about trauma. And, and in business, because this is a business podcast, and I want you to understand this the impact it might have on your career or your business or your prosperity. Um, this is, this is huge. Uh, very few people talk about trauma and business. And there's actually one of my former clients who I will recommend uh, if you want someone to help you with trauma. Um, and, and there's more than one person that I can recommend. There's also um, a lady who runs a podcast for um, a recovery from um narcissistic abuse. This is very important if you're in that position. Um, so I had this aha moment of my mother, my first boss, two husbands, but actually I had many more encounters with narcissists. It's almost like I was a magnet to them. And with hindsight, I understand why. You know, I am an extremely kind person. And I am bound to attract narcissists to me because I used to not have boundaries at all. I do now. Um, but in a way, narcissists are often attracted by people who are kind and gentle because in a way, we probably represent something that they wish that they were, but they're not. And, and they've lost all that innocence. And I also want to say that... Um, Narcissists are not born, they are made. So these are people who have been through trauma, who have been through abuse. Although there's a second kind of narcissist that comes not from abuse, but from having been treated like the golden child. 
And there's at least two people in my past, my first boss and my first husband, who were golden children. It's like their parents, or their in, in that case, it was their mums, could see no fault in them and treated them like God's gift to the planet. And don't get me wrong, I feel the same about my children. I think they're absolutely amazing. But at the same time, I call them up when they, they misbehave, whereas this is something that I know um, my, my first mother-in-law never did. There could be no fault about her son. Uh, he was perfect in her eyes. Uh, and, and, but it was also actually a very abusive relationship she had with him. I'm not going to go into the details because this is not my life. Um, it's someone else's life. It's not my business. But despite understanding all that, it didn't help me as the target of that abuse from my first husband, okay? And this is something I want you to understand is that when you're dealing with narcissists or abusive people, you are not considered as a person, you're considered as a target, right? Um, so one of my superpowers is to see people through the eyes of angels. But that's also been probably my kryptonite is because I could see the potential in my first husband. I could see, you know, what an amazing person he could be. Only he never actualized it whilst he was with me. And I'm from what my children are telling me, he still doesn't. But that's, that's not my issue anymore. Uh, I could see with my mum you know, the potential that she had. I could see um, where she had been um, hurt uh, and abused herself as a child, but that didn't excuse what she did to me because uh, in effect, when and trauma or abuse happens to you, you can do two, one of two things. You can internalize it, in which case you'll probably become a target for other people to abuse you, or you can externalize it. And that means you are going to hurt other people, okay? So I could see, because I see people through the eyes of angels, that they were still worthy of love. Where the unhealthy part came in was that I thought I could help them get better, to be better people. And that's now a complete no-no. I am not here to help anyone get better or be better people. Um, this is not my job in life. My job in life is to give people tools uh, for themselves to you know, evolve, but that as well, I'm not, you know, I used to be a clinical hypnotherapist. I used to be a Reiki master. I used to practice as a Reiki therapist and help people um, who were perhaps in my position and, um, you know, in the position of my younger self. I don't do that anymore. I work really with business owners, but that can still affect you. Okay. What does it have to do with business, this trauma and abuse? Well, first of all, if you are in a relationship with a narcissist, I mean, as in a romantic relationship with a narcissist, this is going to impact your business. One of my VIPs uh, has been married to a narcissist for decades. And one of the work, the jobs, the first job that we had to do, which took the longest of time, was to help her claw herself out of the relationship. Uh, because she has such a big heart. And, and that's something to be honored. We don't want to change who we are. We just want to set some healthy boundaries so that we don't allow people who don't know boundaries and people who are out there sort of like emotional vampires to use us and abuse us, okay? 
But it could also be that you are attracting uh, narcissistic clients. You're attracting, sorry, narcissistic clients. These are the clients who call you at any time of day or night. These are the clients who are never satisfied with what you do. These are the clients who uh, keep you on your toes and afraid that they're going to criticize you, you um, publicly and hold you in that bind. I had one of these clients um, how long where was that? Probably five years ago. Uh, and it was on a small scale, but it was still very, very scary. Um, this woman bought one of my healing dolls and she accused me of selling her a secondhand doll, whereas I had actually made that doll myself and no one else had, had owned it before her. Um, she um, did a smear campaign on me towards one of my clients. She had been introduced to me by another client of mine. And she did a smear campaign towards my other clients um, claiming that I was a fraud and everything else. And it was awful. Um, she also happened to be in an abusive relationship and she, um, she had a lot of that victim energy. And I just don't know, and you know, you can attract these clients as well. Um, so it's important to understand that this can affect your business. Uh, you could also come across um, a narcissistic entrepreneur as a partner, someone who's going to try to convince you to do business with them and who might actually skim you completely or kill your business. Or it could even be a competitor who's, you know, um, harassing you, using your work um, and at the same time belittling you uh, in your industry. So this is something that is very, very important in business. And that's why I wanted to talk about it today, right? It infects, and you probably know that I've finished the EPIC framework, you know, every four weeks I talk about one aspect of my framework. So the EPIC framework, just to remind you, and you can go back to each individual episode is E for energy, P for prosperity, I for intuition, and C for the triple C, which is um, courage, confidence, and clarity. This can be literally um, affected on all levels if you come across a narcissist or an abuser, okay? Now, I'm going to say a word about empaths because there is a lot of talk in the... Um, I suppose, in, in the spiritual world about empaths and narcissists. I will say I really don't like the word empath because there is a victim energy to it. And in most former, uh, forums where they talk about the relationship between narcissists and empaths, um, it's a black and white approach. And they tend to demonize narcissists. Now, even though I know that narcissists are incredibly toxic, I am not here to demonize them. I'm here more to help you to see the red flags so that you don't get sucked into these kind of relationships or that if you're in that sort of relationship, you can see the red flags so you can get out of it as soon as possible, right? Now, I see empathy as a superpower as long as you learn about boundaries. And, you know, in business, boundaries are super important. Boundaries affect, you know, your prices, uh, how far you're willing to go in terms of how much you give. Um, very often people, uh, there's a risk when you're an empath to overgive, undercharge, burn out, or be a doormat. 
Um, and I want you, uh, I want to recommend specifically, and I might actually even put the link in the show notes, um, an episode that was um, on YouTube, a video on YouTube that Amanda Ellis made uh, literally yesterday that I watched, which is called Six Messages from Metatron for 2022. And number three was Doormat, the Doormat energy, which is just so... Uh, and it put us a huge smile on my face because this is the phase I'm going I'm going through of not just having boundaries, but having boundaries that um, are active and that I action it right away. I am incredibly grateful to my training as a lawyer in my younger years because this has given me a structure to contain all that wonderful empathic energy that I have Um almost angelic energy. I'm going to say it because that's that's what most people have said to me. Uh, Arsh was my nickname that was given to me by the first um, secretary I had back in my lawyer's day when I worked in a law firm, which was then um, taken on board by my sister. You know, how many people call their sisters angel? Um, I think um, I, I need to own a bit of that energy, but it has to come as well at the same time with stopping to be a doormat, just because I am I live with the values of kindness and compassion uh, doesn't mean that I have to forget to be compassionate towards myself, right? Now, let's get on to um, a couple of uh, indicators on how to spot an abuser. And I, by no means am I um, talking about this as an expert. I'm more talking about this as someone who's been um the target of abusers and who's lived the experience. And I am, a, you know, I have done quite a bit of research, but if you want to go to someone who is qualified, please reach out to me. Uh, the best way to do that is through my profile, Ange de Lumière on Facebook, or I'm also on LinkedIn as Ange de Lumière as well. Private message me and I will give you all the resources. I will share Amanda's video anyway, because I think it's a really good video to listen to. So how do you spot an abuser in business or in your private life? And as I said, I believe that your private life can totally affect your, your business life or your, uh, your, um, your business. Usually they act as too good to be true. They are incredibly charming. Um, but they also try to push you to act faster than you want to, okay? And there's a sort of honeymoon phase. They will, they're very good at acting a part, pretending to be who they're not. Um, um, I, I don't think I can go into firsthand experiences because I don't want to get into the uh, libel and, and you know, defamation um, issues. But it's people who can uh, pretend that they are financially independent when actually they're, they're riddled with debt. Um, that's the sort of example. And you will be uh, tempted or you will be probably, because they are so charming and their words are so powerful, you might ignore the red flags. You might ignore your intuition that might tell you that everything seems to look perfect on paper, about maybe an investment that you want to do, but you don't trust your intuition that says mm, there's something off. I don't know what it is because you're afraid someone's going to say you're ridiculous. You're afraid someone's going to tell you that you're not rational. Um, abusers and narcissistic people tend to make it about trust. If you ask questions, they don't want to answer. 
right? So instead of just saying like, suppose that you had uh, some papers that were submitted to you about an investment and there's something that doesn't quite add up. So you ask a question, the person's going to make it immediately about you um, challenging their integrity. Whereas a normal person would say, oh, of course, I understand. Let me give you more information. Does that make sense? They often talk about how someone abused them to create a pity and empathy trap. They are unreliable, so they can either be in your face for weeks on end and then disappear, or they can be like this on and off, cold and hot um, contrast that gets you confused. Because what they want to do is confuse you. And there's an energy aspect to this. Uh, in my old podcast, I did an entire episode about energy vampires. And this is what I might actually do for uh, my next teaching um, my, my next teaching episode is that um, in order to get into your energy and hook you, and we're going to talk about cause in a minute, uh, they need to create that. They need to destabilize you. They need to um, create a gap in your energy field so that they can come in and literally steal your energy from you. I know that sounds really strange, like I'm making things up, but honestly, believe me, this is true. Um, they're also quite controlling, but they mask it as an interest in you, okay? And they will try to isolate you from your support system, from your friends, or maybe even from your um, peer group as, as entrepreneurs, so that they become your one and only port of call, okay? There's that sort of soulmate exclusivity kind of energy, which has always made me uncomfortable personally. And that can happen even in business. What I also want you to understand that is it can be also very gradual, they usually only show their true colors when it's too late, when they know that, for example, you've started to invest and you don't want to look stupid or you have compromised your values. They might actually push you to compromise your values so that there's a shame element or an element where you will think, oh, I don't really want to talk about this. I don't want people to know about this. This might affect my reputation. Uh, and they also will wait until they feel that you can't go back out. You can't get back out. This is something that they know. They're so clever at knowing when you've crossed the threshold where you think you're too, you're too far into this to walk away. Now, I'm going to share one real life example from my first boss, because I know that first he's retired. He's, I'm not going to mention his name anyway. And um, yeah, I, I feel that there's no, uh, even though he was a partner in a law firm, so I suppose I should be afraid about libel or uh, defamation. But as I said, no name. Um, he used to steal uh, my the hours from my timesheet as a lawyer. So when I, we you work in law firms very often, at least in the old kind of model of charging clients, you charge by the hour. And so junior lawyers have a certain rate per hour and partners usually have a much higher rate. Well, he didn't like working much. He usually turned up at work around lunchtime after he went for his swim and looked after himself because he was very careful about his own appearance and being healthy, eating healthy. He was an extremely handsome man and he was a womanizer as well, but that's for another story. And so he would come in at 12 and then go back out the office at around two and then come back at 7 p.m. But because, of course, he needed to justify his hours towards his other partners, he used to just simply steal my hours and put them on his timesheets um, and charge them, the charge clients his rate instead of mine. Uh, 
once he um and very often it happened more than once but um I, I did some research on a project and i presented him with my conclusion and he said i was wrong he sent me back he said this is the right answer go back and redo everything then we went to a client appointment together the client very clearly or very quickly in in the meeting highlighted that the solution that we had we were proposing was wrong which highlighted that actually what i had done the initial proposal was wrong right and instead of owning up of course he said that it was my mistake and I was a, a junior lawyer and um, apologized on my behalf for making his mistake it was incredibly humiliating and also uh, really not a very good example of leadership in the sense that even if it had been my mistake he shouldn't have been highlighting the fact that I made a mistake he was my partner he was supposed to be responsible for me and everything was like that I worked for this man for two years. By the end of the two years, there was a crucial moment that showed me that I had done enough and that I could no longer stay in his employment. And that's one day I was standing, I really still remember the day, I was standing in his office, he was sat in his chair, his big leather chair with his feet on the table, looking smug as usual. He was telling me something awful as you, because that's what he did day in, day out. And I saw a pair of scissors lying on his desk and I fantasized over killing him with a pair of scissors. And when I saw, because he had abused me so much, it was unbearable. And because it was my first job um, and it is a very close knit, um, back then it was a very close knit milieu of lawyers um, where I worked. Um, I knew that if I said anything about him, I would never be able to have another job. So I kind of endured this for two years to have a nice, you know, to have enough clout on my uh, resume, basically, so that I could go and find another job. Uh, and, and that day, when I walked out of his office that day, I updated my resume and I started looking for a job, which I found pretty quickly. And I was finally able to leave his um, dominion, which was absolutely awful. He had crossed the line. I could see that he had pushed me to the point where I wanted him dead. Now, that is really, really serious. And that can happen to some of us when we've endured abuse at the hand of someone uh, in extreme ways. And this reminded me that I used to wish my mother dead all the time. Isn't that awful? I felt so bad about it as a child. I felt so ashamed that I wanted my mother dead. And who wanted to, you know, who wished? None of my friends wished their mother dead. I couldn't even share it with anyone. It was like this dark secret I was keeping in my heart. She also hopped on all day about how, how many sacrifices she'd done for us, me and my brother and I. She wanted to be a doctor and she was a mum at home. And whenever we were unhappy, it was an insult to the sacrifices that she made. So I was trapped into thinking it was my fault that she was unhappy. So I did 10 years of therapy and over 30 years of self-development, including some really serious healing work on myself. And none of it seemed to make any difference. And what I want to say is because it was not trauma informed. So you will find a lot of coaches out there who are very uh, well-meaning, whether they are life coaches or whether they are business coaches. And I want you to be aware that if you are in this situation where people are suggesting solutions and you're trying to put them in place and it doesn't seem to work for you and you feel that you're jinxed and that there's something wrong with you, take a step back 
and just open your mind to the idea that maybe you have been through trauma or abuse. And there's a huge level of denial around trauma, okay? Because we are drummed, uh, we are brainwashed into thinking that the only thing that can be called trauma is when there's immediate threat to your life, um, to your safety, or if there's sexual violence. This is the definition of the DSM-5, which is what drives psychologists and psychiatrists. But sadly, it sets such a high level of threshold on trauma that a lot of people who have suffered trauma of a much smaller scale um, you know, don't even acknowledge the trauma they've been through, okay? In re reality, trauma is much, much broader than, than the DSM-5, um, you know, um, makes it to be. And, and I'm hoping that um, there's already um, a body of work that suggests that complex trauma can be just as bad and that it's not just PTSD, that there's such a thing as complex PTSD that affects people in a very deep way. Um, but the, the problem that most people um, uh, face is that they can always see someone who suffered more than them. So they tend to downplay what's happened to them. So I could downplay my experience with my mom by saying, well, she never actually physically hit me. And of course, people who are being hit by their parents are much worse off than I was. You know, she didn't do drugs. She wasn't an alcoholic. Um, so I could always find someone who's had it worse than me, but that doesn't make it any lesser. You also have to understand that the trauma that we experience, some people are more uh, prone to being traumatized than others and that there's nothing, it's not a competition. It's not, you know, I'm stronger than you. I was able to resist more trauma than you. No, 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 no. We are here to look at individual cases. For someone, trauma might be that um, you made a mistake in business and as a consequence, um, you um, maybe you had a fine by a financial authority for this mistake that you made and then the press uh, literally uh, slaughtered you over it and demonized you when really you are quite a good person. You just made an honest mistake. That is incredibly traumatic. Um, I think if you are an, an optimist by nature, or if you're positive, or if you've tried to see the good in people, you are more likely to be prone to allow the abuse to continue, especially if you're emotionally intelligent. So just give yourself a break and understand that this can actually work against you because you will tend to give people far too much credit for what they're doing. Okay. Now I can see that my mother had an incredible level of trauma in her youth. You know, she was born into World War II. Um, her, uh, her mother, sorry, her dad died when she was 17. Um, so she had a lot of things that she had to deal with, but that does not give her an excuse to abuse me or abuse my brother or my sister, okay? Because there's, uh, there's always a choice when you've been abused and when you've experienced trauma. You can take it on, upon you. That's not actually necessarily a good thing, but at least you're not hurting someone else. Or you can become an abuser. Um, and, and this is why there's this, um, this spectrum of abuser and, and codependent who are actually on the same spectrum. Everybody has experienced that trauma. It's just that the way that you um, transform it into your own life or in your relationship with other people is different, okay? 
so none of the past of your abuser excuses their behavior, okay? You just have to draw the line. Now, how does this look in business? And I'm going to go back to an episode that I recorded in June of last year, 2021. It's episode number 10, if you want to go back, that I did with Tegan Marshall, who was one of my first launch uh, interv uh, interviewees. And I hope she won't mind me re re, um, you know, going back to her episode and talking about it. But she shares the poignant story in her interview of how she had a brilliant business idea in a field that she had no experience. So she was recommended an expert who could put her idea into motion, who could make her idea actually a product and a concept. So he was highly recommended, not just by people in the industry, but also by friends, people she knew. He was like within her circle of trust. He was the expert, okay? So she hired him. She had a contract with him. She had really good legal boundaries. Everything was clear cut. Um, and But he made her spend all her money. And because she knew, how, he knew how much money she had, he also knew when she had no more money to sue him. And that's when he kind of stole her idea and left and run with it and laughed at her because she couldn't do anything about it. She didn't have the financial means to defend herself, right? This is awful. And this can happen if you ignore your intuition um, over recommendation by experts or people who are supposed to be experts in their field, okay? This man had been recommended by everyone she knew as the go-to person, right? And her intuition told her something was off, but she ignored it because she didn't have the confidence because the idea that she had was not within her area of expertise, right? And then, of course, she probably felt some shame at having been duped by that person. And that's what usually happens. You feel, how could I be so stupid? How could I let myself, some, myself be abused? And that's the second level of, of abuse, is that not only has the abuser abused you, but now you're beating yourself up for allowing them to do what they did to you, okay? This, this is a cycle that can never end unless we break it. And this is why I am raising my voice to talk about this matter in business because I feel it's really important. So how does trauma and abuse affect the EPIC framework? Okay, so E is energy. Abusers will, are usually energy vampires and they will cord you and they will drain your energy. You know, um, one of the things that my first husband complained about me constantly was that I was constantly tired. Well, no wonder, given that at the start of our relationship, I was working for a narcissist. And of course, he was a covert narcissist. I never realized until 10 years into our relationship with my first husband, um, interestingly enough, and this is a reference I'm going to add to um, the show notes, is that my brother-in-law uh, was working for a narcissist and he was reading a book called uh, Nasty People by Jay Carter. Uh, I think this is a book that is, you now need to buy secondhand. It is such a powerful book. And when I, I read it out of curiosity, I also, in my second job, uh, there was one of the, the, the secretaries in the office um, 
was openly talking about her abusive husband. And I just wondered why a woman as intelligent as her, and she was intelligent, um, would put up with the fact that her husband would throw um, his plate of food at her or, or, or smash it against the wall because it wasn't the right temperature and that she would, why would she stay with someone like that? It just didn't make sense. So I read this book called Nasty People um, and I realized when reading it that my husband actually ticked three of the profiles of typical abusers out of four. The only one he wasn't um, ticking was the physically and sexually violent um, abuser. But all the three others, he ticked all of them. And that was a very sobering moment because I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming because I was groomed by my mother, who was narcissistic. So abuse was almost part of my normal, if that makes any sense. And I had a lot of abusive friendships as well that I thought was normal. You know, friends who would, uh, for example, if I wasn't in touch with them for a while, they'd tell me off, even though they hadn't been in touch with me. It was almost like it was a very one-sided relationship, my friendships. I was all hel always helping other people. But when I needed the help, no one was there. So there's this one-sided aspect to um, pe people in the relationship that you have when people are abusive. Um, once people have courted you energetically, it's really hard to be able to um, get out of their grip. And I've done this actually for many, many of my clients with every moved court. And the most um, dramatic one was actually when I was um, still working as a clinical hypnotherapist and a Reiki therapist, um, a lovely client of mine who actually insisted on paying, but I would only charge her half price at the time. Uh, she actually was in the shelter. She was uh, she had run away from her husband with her two children who were under three. And my heart went out for her completely. And she said to me that she couldn't close her eyes without seeing his face because he had actually said to her that he would hunt her down and kill her and find her. And she just couldn't go to sleep because whenever she closed her eyes, obviously she would end up sleeping, but so little. And it was so hard for her. So I said to her, look, well, let's try this. And I just cut the cords between her and her ex-husband. And she said that literally from one moment to the other, she felt like this energy had lifted. Uh, she could close her eyes and not see his face anymore. So the energetic bond was removed. And I have done this for countless of people. I've had um, a woman who was, uh, again, in a, in a sort of abusive relationship who had been trying to leave her partner for six years. I did a cord cutting for her. Literally three weeks later, she, he, he was gone or she had left the relationship. Something she had tried to do for six years. Now, as you know, I work for businesses. I work with business owners, but I am very aware that your private connections or even your connections to a business partner can affect your energy in this way. So this is something I'm very, very happy to do for people who work with me as part of me being their business mentor. How does it affect the P in Epic, the prosperity? It feels like you're always hitting a glass ceiling in your revenues or that you even can't seem to take off at all. No matter how hard you try, no matter how much you work to implement other people's formats and things that you know should be working, they don't seem to work with you and you feel that you're jinxed. This is exactly what happened with me. Um, luckily, I was able to break um, out of that cycle of, of poverty. You know, it's the P. If you don't manage to clear this energy, you'll be stuck in the P of poverty instead of in the P of prosperity. 
How does it affect your intuition? Well, the thing is, um, abusers, um, their superpower is to get you confused. So they will say something that doesn't add up to what they do, or something will look really good on paper, but it will feel off. They will do anything to distract you from your intuition. And their words and their deeds are completely in contradiction. But they can actually look you straight in the eye and lie through their teeth. I used to say, and I don't anymore because I don't talk that much about my mom anymore because I'm not in touch with her at all. But she was the biggest liar I had ever met. She could say something incredibly abusive at the table when my dad was there and my siblings and then deny she had said it when I reacted and told her that I wasn't having it. But because my dad and my siblings were too afraid of her, nobody would stand up to say, yes, that's true. You said that. So she actually pretended she'd never said it. That's called gaslighting. That's also a form of psychological abuse. So um, they're not transparent. They're not playing the game by the rules that we have. They don't have the same standards. We are not considered as human beings. We're considered targets, okay? And I'm also going to mention a book that is very good to help you get out of that mental fog because abusers will get you into the fog and it's called Out of the Fog. Um, I'm just not quite sure who the author is, but if you, um, if you look it up, you will find the title very easily. And how about the C in EPIC? Well, it will affect your confidence level massively. How can you trust and believe in yourself when you've allowed someone else to dupe you? You know, it's, it's really, really hard. Right. So what I wanted to say, um, first, I think I forgot to mention that I have a workshop coming up um, next Monday at 10 o'clock. So on the 10th of January at 10 o'clock called... Um, a dream 2022 into reality, which is going to be a combination of business planning and uh, visioning in the law of attraction sense. So if you want to join that, I will definitely put the link in the show notes. But I also want you to know um, that I have um, three VIP spots available in January at my current prices. My prices go up on the 15th of January. So my VIP package for three months is at the moment 1,750 pounds. Uh, but from the 15th of January, it will go up to 2,500, okay? Now I want to share briefly what I've helped some of my VIPs in the past um, achieve. Um, I've actually helped one of my VIPs who is in a very prominent type of business in the financial world uh, actually leave her narcissistic husband. And this has had an amazing impact on her business. I have helped a VIP who wouldn't even take a picture of herself become visible on camera to the point that now in her business, she does live um, Facebook lives on a daily I have helped clients carve out uh, time and get clarity um, to write a book so that she can become an expert in her field. I've also helped a medium actually be clear on her big vision. So it doesn't matter which scale, which, which part of the scale you're at, whether you're at the start of your entrepreneurial journey or whether you're at the start of your intuitive journey or whether you're super advanced. I have cl had clients from both sides of the spectrum. 
But what I know, and I'm really, really good at helping people, is that confidence piece, um, believing in themselves, because I can believe in you until you believe in yourself, because I can open the business Akashic Records of your business to show your potential, and I can hold your hand. Once you've seen that potential, I can hold your hand and show you how to make this a reality. This is why my workshop's called um, Dreaming 2022 into Reality, is that it's, it will not remain a dream. It will become a reality. And I know I'm really, really good at helping people work through the entire framework to set those pillars of, you know, uh, I call them the four pillars of your business so that your business rests on really, really strong foundations so that you can then uh, reach uh, the level of success on your terms that you want. It's always going to be on your terms, not on anyone else's terms. So thank you for listening to this episode today. Uh, I am sorry that it was a fairly negative sounding episode. I feel that January is asking us to clear up all the cobwebs and, and the old energies that we have in order for us to embrace the fresh energy of 2022 from February onwards. So if you feel ready to work on those cobwebs or whatever it is that, that is left to clear, I would be honored to be your guide and your mentor to start um you know, curating the life, the life of your dreams. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you again next week for another episode. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Intuition Podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating. And if you haven't done it yet, write a review so that more listeners can enjoy this podcast. Don't forget to join my free group on Facebook, Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs. And go on to my website to download my free workbook on the four steps to trust your intuition in business. My website is theintuitionrevolution.co.uk.